Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dan Dan Tony Sports. My name is Dan Snyder, joined tonight by Dan O'Shea and Tony Casper. Dan, Tony, how are you guys doing tonight? I've been better. Long day at work, but I'm ready for this. I can't complain. Sun's shining. Stopped raining. That is nice. That is nice. And, of course, it's nice to have all three of us back again. Uh, So this is going to be an exciting show. Just to let you all know the things we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk very, 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 very briefly about UAlbany lacrosse and how disappointed we are with their absolutely poor performance. Uh, And we're also going to talk a little bit of WWE. We're going to run through uh, the five people that we want to see in WWE. But first, tonight, like always, we have our pigskin poetry. Pete Carroll, you silly man. Always run the ball when you can. Especially when you have a beast. Give him one more try at least. You threw the ball... You hit a wall and allowed the Patriots to feast. Nice. That, of course, is referencing the Super, Super Bowl when you have the ball on the two-yard line and you don't give it to Marshawn Lynch, who was by far the best running back in the NFL then. Yeah, we're going to yeah, see if well, Jack Del Rio knows was that this 2013? Idea. That was 2013? That was 2014. 2014, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pete Carroll looks like a uh, uh, comic book villain sometimes, and... Uh, but that time around, he wasn't acting like one. That wasn't that wasn't crafty enough. I yeah, guess. I, I thought it was hilarious when Marshawn Lynch was shown laughing on the sidelines after it happened. We'll see if Jack Del Rio knows what how to use it because I think that's one of the reasons he was even brought in. I mean, very few teams drew as many pass interference in the red zone penalties as that team. I think Amari Cooper had a mm-hmm. handful of them himself. If they keep doing that this year, give him a first and one on the one yard line. You're not going to Lynch. Oh. Oh my goodness, that's... We've seen other people make that mistake, hopefully the readers have learned, assuming, of course, that Beast Mode is back to... Well, I mean, I think he's going to have a, he's gonna have some kind of revive, because you know he's going to love the idea of playing for Oakland. I mean, to the mm-hmm. point that his mother asked Woodson to have wear him 24, and Woodson said, let's keep it in the family, and it's he's going to wear 24 again, even though it's retired. So, uh, I, I think... Number, yeah, I think Marshawn Lynch is going to have... Uh, a great season, uh, as long as he gets enough Skittles in him. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're going to use him as that bruiser back a lot more. I mean, they already had a solid running bit, running team last year, given the rotary of people they were putting in. And adding Lynch to the mix is just, I mean, that's that's a guy that yeah, you expect in one. Yeah, like, instantly you need two, the top three yards. Of, the, of the depth chart. Yeah, who do you, who you want to give it to? Especially when you lost Latavius Murray. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, he wasn't anything special. You could kind of see, I had him in fantasy, and you could kind of see that they were growing tired of him pretty quickly. His production, you know, wasn't really there. He was getting um, a good amount of volume to start, and then they just kind of 
They had a lot of options. Though. I mean, the well. other running backs were good as well. So I mean, they yeah, they, they really the were guys. trying to figure out what they had in these young guys. Yeah, his they liked the guys with more, in, more versatility. His blocking was also invaluable. He was very good at protecting Derek Carr. That's true, true. but That's we'll, true. we'll see if that can be beat into the other guys. We'll they, see how he does. I don't, I don't know where he went. Minnesota, we'll I believe. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's replacing so he Jarek McKinnon. That's an instant upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, between Matt Asiata and Jarek McKinnon, it's like, uh, could you have a worse running back stable? I don't know. They, they were... Oh, yes. Yes, you can. Unproductive. Inproductive. Non-productive. New York Giants. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, we haven't had a good running back stable in a while. That's for sure. Better than better than Asiata, though. Well, no, no yeah, I, yeah, no I'd way. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Asiata literally just falls forward. That's all he does. He gets to the line and he falls forward. I mean, and gets like two or three yards. Vereen was on the roster. Does. Okay, Shane Vereen was on the roster, but he was injured. Right. That's like saying okay, Adrian Peterson was on the roster <laughs> for the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, if you had a healthy running back, then it might have been Well, not to mention, good, well, Perkins was first year. Relax. Uh, no, I'm not necessarily talking about Paul Perkins. Rashad. Uh, yo, oh, my. Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah. He's also constantly hurt. Like, I don't know if the dude's played a full season in the past, like, three seasons. He's all, old. All combined. He was terrible with a capital, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how you spell that terrible word that you just said, but... Uh, I'd agree. He wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can talk about this a whole lot more at a later time. We have a lot that we need to get to tonight. Uh, so we're going to try for once in 10 episodes, for once, to stay focused. <laughs> right. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. I don't see it happening now. But yeah. no. You all need lacrosse. So let's just set the stage for those of you who uh, don't know. They sweep the season uh, in America East play. They dominate one of the highest scoring teams in the country. Uh, their freshman faceoff man, TD Ireland, uh, was the number two in the country uh, behind the, I don't remember his name, the kid from Denver. Uh, at He won 70, like 73% of his faceoffs, which is insane. Yeah, it's a, it's a really high number. Not to mention one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country, in Connor Fields. Yeah. They, uh, that offense was. If not the number one, it was one of the best scoring offenses in the country. Absolutely. Uh, they only lost prior to the playoffs, only lost two games. Both times they played the number one team in the country, Syracuse and Maryland. Both times they lost by one goal. Come playoff time, they draw the number eight seed, which I have no idea how when they're the number four team in the country. But regardless of that, um, they draw the number eight seed, and they have the unfortunate luck of having to play the defending national champion, North Carolina Tar Heels. Fast forward to the game, uh, Albany goes up thirteen to three at the end of the first half on North Carolina. They end up storming back. Uh, Albany squeaks out the win, fifteen to twelve, when it looked like North Carolina, North Carolina was going to just completely blow right past them. So Albany got the scare out of the way, and they had momentum heading into the game against Maryland, the rematch from earlier in the season. Uh, And this game just absolutely was awful. Awful. Albany went down 2-0, which isn't that bad, not bad at all, and then came back, scored two goals of their own. Maryland scored the next nine. 
and it was ridiculous. 13 to 4 <clears throat> or 12 to 4, excuse me, at the half, Maryland was up. Albany couldn't score. They couldn't defend. At one point, uh, Maryland took seven shots and made all seven. Wow. Yeah, so Maryland was just having the game of their career. Uh, and Tony mentioned Connor Fields being the probably the best player in the country. Um, and uh, the award, the Heisman-like award for college lacrosse is called the Twarton Award. And there's a Twarton finalist in Maryland named Matt Rambo, who's not that bad. So, Rambo versus Fields. I, I First of all, I just can't get over the fact that his name is Rambo. Yeah, it's a great name. It's an absolute great name. And actually, he should be on my WWE list. He, just he for the name alone. He should. But, but he um, literally took the game over. It was absolutely crazy. Everything Maryland did worked. Nothing Albany did work. Um, so, when... You get down to what Albany does best, face-offs. They started out winning 7 of 7 and then lost the next, like, 12. Mm -hmm. And then Maryland just overpowered them. Uh, So the the final ended up being 18 to 9. It was not that close. Maryland called off the dogs in the third quarter and still scored and won. So... It's just embarrassing. That's I mean, there's no other way to look at it. I don't know what is Albany's problem because every single year we keep getting this new crop of talent that comes through and then they're extremely, they play extremely well during the season. They get to the ability to be in the NCAA tournament, will get to somewhere like the Elite Eight, and it's almost like stage fright. They forget what they were doing. Everything falls apart. It It didn't look to me, it looked to me very clear from the beginning that Maryland had a game plan. And it looked like Albany didn't plan for any of it. So here's what it here's what it looked like. If you're comparing this to other sports, it looked like Albany played man defense against players that were well above their skill set, which isn't true. Albany, this is the best defense. I, I believe this is the best defense Albany's ever had. This is one of the best offenses Albany's ever had. They were, if you ask pretty much anyone who is a quote unquote expert on college lacrosse, they were the most complete team in the country. It doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, they've never gotten past the quarterfinal, I don't think. Um, No, they've they've never gotten to the final final four. They've come close. They had two really good games uh, in 2014 and 2015 against Notre Dame. There was also one goal lost to Cornell in overtime before that prevented them from a championship back in... I believe it was six or seven. I can honestly say, after watching this game, this is, and I'm, I, I describe myself to you guys as a huge fanboy of you all in sports, and I still am, but this is the most embarrassed I have ever been for a loss in you all sports since I've been a fan. Like, with other teams losing, let's, let's use basketball for, for an example, Albany beats, Albany women basketball beats Florida and then loses to Syracuse. Okay, Albany probably shouldn't have beaten Florida. I'm, I'm fine with that. Albany men's basketball, they get really close in the tournament. They give really good games to, to Florida, to Duke. Duke, to North Carolina. 
Um, I don't remember who else they've played off the top of my head, but they've played competitive, and they shouldn't have been. Florida should have absolutely wiped the floor with UAlbany, but UAlbany kept it to 12-point loss, which Florida was like the number one overall team in the tournament. So no, no problems there. They shouldn't have been there. Albany, lacrosse on the other hand, number four team in the country. And I'm sorry if I sound really critical, but they didn't play like it. And I was extremely disappointed because if you're the number four team in the country, I get you're playing the number one team, but play like the number four. Well, yeah, I mean, it just didn't seem like Albany had any of it going. And and the the standard is high when it comes to you, Albany lacrosse. It is one thing that Albany is known for and gets put on ESPN more often than anything else you Albany does. You Albany gets on ESPN when they can get a run from the men or women's teams to get into the NCAA tournament, but nobody's broadcasting the you Albany football games, so they're not getting in love. But the lacrosse team is there consistently, and when you have a team that offers so much promise and does so well during the season, it makes watching what I watched on Sunday that much harder to stomach. I think the worst thing about it for me is I was sitting there watching the game at the official UAlbany watch party, and I paid $20 for a burger and Mountain Dew to watch UAlbany lose. Mm. So It was yeah. a great burger. Don't well, get me wrong. We were also <laughs> surrounded by a lot, a lot of other people. Because it doesn't sound like it. No. I couldn't watch the game, as you know, as I was moving, but I was catching your updates on Facebook, and... Uh, at halftime, I was like, oh, that's that's worrisome, because yeah. that's a big lead. It's a big and, deficit. you know, lacrosse is relatively high scoring, um, but that kind of deficit is really difficult to come back from, and seven goals and seven shots, that's that's a failing on the defense, that's a failing on the goalkeeping. That's oh, yeah, the, yeah, and uh, <laughs> J.D. Calaruso, the goaltender, he looked like he was just standing there letting balls get past him. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad performance all across the board. I mean, the defense didn't really give him that much help. Rambo was able to do almost whatever he pleased. He was just backing people down. Which which I've come to expect. He did it the first game against UAlbany. He did it against every team he played against. Right, but you can't be surprised by it. Now, especially not at this stage in the game where, where you know what they're going to go to. I mean, Connor Fields had a great game for UAlbany. He scored... Yeah, but you can't expect Connor... I mean, an offense at that high scoring... And given the passing make, or pass making ability of Connor Fields, you can't expect Connor Fields to win this game outright by himself. I mean, not, not with the options that they have and the, the power they could have thrown, the shots they could have thrown at net. Didn't seem like they could control the ball. Even when they did get the ball, they were turning it over so much. Yeah, times. stupid long cross field passes. Didn't make it. It did not, nothing that I saw on there made any sense to me as far as how you Albany should have played that game or what they should have been ready to do. And then I think one of the things that was the most, by far the most embarrassing to me, I'm we, we did an entire episode about sportsmanship, uh, kind of. <laughs> we talked about the bad guys. We're not really the pinnacle of sportsmanship. But was it just me, or did you Albany not look, not just look like they were being aggressive, but they looked like they were being bullies, like in a bad way? Oh, I think frustration definitely came out of it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you Albany expected to be in that situation, and I think that by the time they got the reality check, it was too late, and they started to be aggressive because they felt that was the only way to get it out. I don't know. Uh, this team is the best team that you Albany's had in a while, and 
I don't. I, I don't. I just don't understand. Given all the talent that was on that team, I don't know and, what this team has to do to finally get to the next level. Do you think at this point, you know, there's a possibility of of uh, the coaching staff being an issue if they're not? Oh no, no, I, I, I can't. I can't see Scott Mar changing. That's the that's the other thing. The head coach of Maryland played at UAlbany. Really, he played under Scott Mar. So that might have that might have helped things. Maybe um, the student has become the master. Maybe, but Scott Mar has been at UAlbany for seventeen years. Yeah, Scott Mar's not going. Anywhere. He he built that program into what it is today, okay, and it's fair. it's just it's just the frustration of what what's really going to be required to get them over this hump because we've had we've had monster players on the these teams. The Tom just the Thompson family alone, mm-hmm. and he's recruiting well. I mean, nineteen different players I think on the roster were Native Americans. I mean, he's recruiting people that know this game. I mean, Native Americans invented this sport. They grew up with this. It's the official sport of Canada. He's going up to Canada and getting a lot of them. Mm-hmm. He's getting, he's going to the hotbeds. He's getting players from the state of Maryland. He's getting players from the state of Ohio. From Long Island. From Long Island, which is, I don't know. I, I picked two cities in Long Island. Great lacrosse rivalry. Yeah. Does, yeah. Doesn't getting, matter. I played lacrosse in high school, and we played Long Island teams, and we got destroyed. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's something in the water with them. I, I remember playing them in high school as well. They play it from, you know, from Well, yeah, birth, they, they're born with a stick in their hand. You know, we didn't we didn't even have a JV uh, lacrosse team until I, was a, until I was a sophomore, so. But, I mean, he's going into other territories, because typically that's a hotbed for Johns Hopkins and other... Mm-hmm. School Duke. down, in, yeah, down in that area. And, but then he's going to outside Syracuse and getting people that are right out Syracuse's doorstep, and he's convincing them to go to Uwalmy. So it's not the talent that's the problem. I don't know where what it's going to take as far as it, it's got to sink into the players that are on the field because there's only so much a coach can do when you see lackluster play like that. Like I, I saw teams play in the sectional tournament this year that were better than that performance. Do you know what it really looked like? It looked like Albany looked up at the scoreboard, saw that little one next to Maryland, and the little eight next to them, and thought, we shouldn't be here. Yeah, but they, they should have known better. I mean, they had the game against them earlier this year. They probably, I mean, that game was extremely close. It was a one-goal game, yeah. Right. And quite frankly, if they had to play it when it was supposed to originally be scheduled. Albany would have won. Given how cold it was, Albany probably would have won that game. I was I would have been there for that game. It was it was terrible, frigid conditions. Yeah, but I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm gonna. Can we get to the WWE? Because yeah. I really don't want to <laughs> think about lacrosse. Really quickly, I just have two things more that or three things more that I want to say about this. One it, one of the biggest issues is it was set up perfectly. Syracuse goes down. Oh yeah, yeah. The, it couldn't have worked out any better for Duke, them to piss it away. Duke goes down. Yeah, Ohio State's better than Duke. But Duke is one of those teams, like UConn in basketball, if they get there, they're good. Be worried, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Denver takes out Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. your Denver biggest... has slowly been building a very good program. I mean, they, they won the national championship two years ago. Yeah, they've, they've, they've definitely been focusing a lot more out of Denver. And you don't expect that out west. Though. No. So. Especially for a team, and we discussed this last week on our, on our podcast, um, Denver plays in the Big East. Oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. um, sure. Next thing that I want to say, I take a little bit of solace in knowing that the Stony Brook women lacrosse team lost as well. So, shout Whatever out. Whatever makes it I, easier for you to I'm, sleep I'm <laughs> pretty sure every episode I've mentioned how I hate Stony Brook. Oh, yes, I think uh, I think anybody that's ever listened <laughs> to a show is well aware of it. Yes. Uh, and then the third thing, 
the the key players are all coming back. JD Calaruso, uh, TD Irwin's a freshman. Well, he that's, led that's the crazy, nation. That was their um, biggest Achilles heel last year was not being able to face off. That right. was that was the problem. But then again, you get to a situation where you have such a good face off guy, and then you're in this game, and he can't win face offs. So I, I don't. The kids maybe this helps them. Maybe with these kids coming back in this demoralizing loss, it lights a fire under them, and they're like, "We can, we know we can get there, but we need to really take it to them next year." I mean, you hope that's the that's the impression that that this. I, loss I can't sets, imagine, especially anything. because it, you know, as you said, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a good game. It was pretty embarrassing. No, you were doubled up, up to, on national television yeah. that ESPN was promoting this as. Mm-hmm. Possibly the pseudo-national championship. Yeah, the best game of the, the NCAA tournament. And it certainly did not live up to that. If, like, if, you had, if you had listened to the broadcast before the game, they had basically said, whoever wins this game, we're picking to win the championship. Yeah. And, and they didn't say that, it in those words. Right, but, but that, that could be the truth. Because at this point right now, I only think the only two teams that really should be facing each other in the finals is probably Ohio Maryland State. and Ohio State. Yeah. yeah, which would be a great rematch. We have Big Ten. All yeah, the way Ohio around. State. I think Ohio State beat Maryland in the regular season. Maryland beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. So I think they've got a uh, a grudge match going on. But um, and Connor Fields, he's only a junior. He's coming back. Well, he's not, he's not he going to leave early yeah, for the MLL. No, <laughs> let's be real here. I mean, yeah, he's probably getting paid better in college yeah. with a meal plan than he is in yeah. <laughs> MLL. MLL. And it's really, really sad because if you want to be a professional lacrosse player and you want to survive, you have to play in two different leagues, National League Lacrosse and Major Lacrosse League. Yeah. It, it, or Major it, League Lacrosse and National Lacrosse League. I got it is a shame. And I've actually thought about this, and this is something we could have. And for. if you're a defender, then uh, it's a lot harder because <laughs> ML, MLL is just six on six. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Um, that's the other thing. We could discuss that in another podcast, but I, I'd like to have the conversation at some point as why the growth of professional lacrosse is not, we're not seeing it translate. Because it is the fastest growing sport in the United States, but nobody well, seems to care to watch it. I can it. tell you I think why. we should have an episode on this. Because um, I think there's something we can go just, into. I'll, I'll tell you it's exactly. The older generation is completely unfamiliar with it. I think as this generation that has grown up with it, you know, gets older then you'll there, see there's it. a you'll good possibility see a there's also a couple things i think that they can yeah, change they, they to make it to... more viewer friendly because i think some of it's hard to to follow here's here's why i think or i it's not why i think i'll i'll give you the exact reason it's not and it's going to be they're anticipating by 2020 that the pac-12 and the big 12 will have lacrosse so oh, sorry, right it's now expansion it's, yeah, it's growth, an eastern you're not, yeah you're not well, I guess that makes sense. It's always been an Eastern... I mean, this makes me sound like a complete ass, but it is kind of an... It's one of those at least Eastern elite things for so long that it's been that way. The only that, problem that I have with this is, is UCLA just going to dominate this too? Like, <laughs> like do we well, really... You've got those schools with that kind of funding. You know, you, we might see the, the Danes you know, lose prominence because they're not going to be able to offer everything that... Well, that's why the Danes need to get their titles schools. in now. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't think they will. I think when it, I think when it, um, <clears throat> it finally hits the West Coast, I think the Midwestern kids who are on the fence between lacrosse and football or lacrosse and baseball are going to go out west to play lacrosse. 
I mean, it's possible. I also think that if you, if you can establish yourself now, if you only can establish this level of high play... And beat those big and, teams, and then actually it could stay recruiting. If you, you only know? could at least yeah. win one national title... Or that, appear in a national championship. That will put them in a status of at least giving them the prestige of this is a lacrosse school. This mm-hmm. is what we do here. Which is the way that they have been trending. It's just when you put them on national television... All of a sudden, they're deer in headlights. It's yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, it. it I didn't mean for this to be a twenty-minute conversation, but that's. Uh, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, that's what it's been. It, it looked like they looked up at the scoreboard just before the first face-off and saw. Oh, yeah, they're number one. Yeah, I don't. I they're don't. Only know. number eight. We can forget about this until next year. Yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, definitely Unless of course I see this. someone that has a U Albany lacrosse. Anything on at Chipotle, I will tell them exactly how I feel. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they ate bad Chipotle. Maybe and, uh, and every you all many kid is there. Uh, Chipotle way. So yeah, I mean, I'm, cardinal sin. The uh, the game was in uh, Delaware, which that shouldn't have caused anything. Delaware is awesome. It's not like they had the yeah. smell of. I mean, it's kind of all, it's, it's kind yeah. of an advantage. It's an advantage Maryland, but it's still a neutral site. So I. I'm yeah. I'm. Done I don't know how neutral right it is. How many? How many? You all many people are a lot. Down there were a lot. I there mean, was, there were. I wouldn't say there were a lot. There was like a a showing, but Maryland is. Yeah, I'm air quoting so neutral is, field because it was yeah. played at the University of Delaware. So technically, well, our listeners can't hear you air quoting. Well, they heard that. <laughs> yeah. They heard that. And, Quote unquote. Yeah. So I mean, it it really it was advantage Maryland given location, but I don't, you, you got to rise up anyway. All right. Let's so so WWE. We're going completely we're going, opposite direction. We're going hard and fast into WWE right now. Uh, WWE, I've, it's the craziest things going on. Uh, the current champion, world heavyweight champion on SmackDown, is Jinder Mahal. No idea who that is. He yeah. So he beat Randy Orton for the title. Jinder Mahal was this like complete terrible garbage wrestler gets released by wwe comes back jacked <clears throat> roids okay um no no <laughs> comes That's back jacked medication. and gets his first singles title or first title at all probably i think uh does it have an asterisk like barry bonds or tom brady oh yeah. no it does no he does not should um, should but anyways so seeing jinder mahal win the championship got me thinking what five wrestlers do I want to see in the WWE today that aren't already there? So what we're doing is just that. Now the rules that we came up with are can't be anyone dead, obviously. Can't be anyone who's paralyzed uh, that obviously can't wrestle. So no Superman, okay. Well, yeah, there was a wrestler who used to be a football player. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Darren, I think it was Drozdorf. He went by Draws or Puke depending on what time of the week it was. Um, he got in a real bad accident wrestling. He was paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, didn't know yeah. that. That's so, so, can't be a case like that. And it has to be someone who's not currently in WWE. Currently in meaning uh, they can be signed, but not someone who appears regularly. Uh, for example, Chris Jericho. He's out with his band Fozzie. Still a WWE guy. You can... Say that he's the one that one of the ones you want to see come back, but it can't be like someone from injury. Like, oh, I want to see 
I don't even know who's injured and out right now. Um, let's say, uh, I can't even think. You get what I'm talking about. We know he, what you're driving at. Yes. Yeah. So, they're on IR. They're, they're staying on IR. Right. They're on IR. They're still, they're still active wrestlers. So we're going to go just like normal. Five, four, three, two. Honorable mention one. We're going to go around the room and we're going to uh, discuss our top five. So I will get the show started. My number five, uh, it's it's a low-hanging fruit here because this is, if you've watched wrestling in the last five years, this is a really easy one. Um, CM Punk. CM Punk is one of the most entertaining wrestlers to come out of WWE or any other wrestling promotion in a, a really long time. He's extremely charismatic. He's oozing with confidence. Uh, he, he was great at towing the line between a good guy and a bad guy. Uh, even though wrestling is, the word they hate to say is fake, even though wrestling is scripted, he made it seem real. Probably because he put elements of his own life into his, his persona. Like, his, uh, straight edge, um, personality, I guess. Uh, straight edge, I don't even know what you would call it. He was the straight-edge superstar, uh, and sometimes that was used as a good thing. Sometimes it was used as a bad thing. But he was himself, and I think that's really one of the things that helped him connect with fans. Uh, and he was just brilliant on the microphone. If you've never seen his pipe bomb uh, promo, definitely look it up, because it is incredible. I like the choice. I think he was more of a, he brought it back to, like, the Attitude Era. He was one of those guys who could come in and do that, and it was something that the WWE desperately needed, and he can't fight, so, I mean, we found that out. He can fight, just not well. Yeah. Yeah, when it's scripted fighting. (laughs) When you get into an octagon and someone's actually trying to punch your face in, it's a different story. (laughs) <laughs> we're not talking about UFC, we're talking about WWE. Just saying, he was, be- he was a better star for the WWE. I mean, I, and he, he, that charisma is what the WWE is. That's, what, that's how it got to be this point. So I think he's a great fit and should be back in. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean... He was recently also offered a million dollars to join this, like, 128-man tournament in England. And I don't think he's responded to it yet. He's... <clears throat> He's busy doing other things right now. UFC, he's still a UFC fighter. He's uh, doing this show for MTV. I don't know if you've ever seen the show The Challenge, uh, where they take old um, real-world people and other reality TV shows that are like real-world. Like uh, a fear factor type deal? Well, kind of, yeah. So they put them through like physical and mental tests. So like Or challenges. Yeah, challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, like, for example... Uh, I think one of them was like they had to carry a mattress uh, up a hill and then do a puzzle. So like, it, yeah. I'm sorry. I just I just try to avoid MTV at all costs. So I I have not seen the said show. I understand you, um, but he is appearing on the Challenge Pros or whatever it's called. Uh, okay, so he's doing he's doing other personality stuff right now. Yeah. So like they're competing um, in these challenges against the winners of past challenges. So he is still doing things. And side note, 
everyone now knows again who Lolo Jones is because of that. She is crazy. She will kill you. Avoid Lolo Jones at all costs. Not surprising. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's my number five is CM Punk. All right, my number five here is going to be, now I did a little different. There's not a single wrestler on my list, but there are people I would like to be either in wrestling or actually wrestle. So I'm going to start with Aaron Judge. Because first of all, he's six foot nine, two seventy. He looks like a wrestler. Is that and he? He's and if he wasn't doing baseball, if he wasn't so good at baseball, he'd have to do something else with that mug he's got. And oh, he is so ugly. Wrestling just seems to fit so well. He is so. Such... I mean, I feel like he'd be a natural fit into someone there, like the WWE. Maybe not his personality because he's kind of a quiet guy. But I mean, I think I think anybody that if face you were would getting give children this, nightmares. So yeah, exactly. He wouldn't even villain. have to say anything. He wouldn't have to say anything. <laughs> he, you could cane him, and just put a mask on his face. He did it. He did this thing. Oh, I, with, I thought you meant he, like cane him, like beat him with a stick. And I was gonna say that already happened with the ugly stick. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did a thing with Jimmy Kimmel where he put on glasses like Clark Kent style. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, people didn't recognize him. He was asking people, so like what's your favorite who's your favorite New York Yankee? And so a lot of them were like, "Oh, Aaron Judge." And he's like, "Really? <laughs> really you can't recognize me? It's pretty hard to mistake me for anybody else." Yeah, so <laughs> that's especially hard cuz he's 6'9". <laughs> right. This random tall guy that's like Right, right. Who do you think like, "Oh no, this like light LeBron James." <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you went with Aaron Judge. I have uh I I went with CM Punk. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Oh. Oh, oh my goodness. The the lights went out. And then when they came back on, Dan O'Shea was missing. I guess in true WWE style, he's been kidnapped. That would only make sense. Immediately after this episode, we will go find him. Yeah, but after we finish it, because let's set the priorities where they are. Yeah, so we're going to continue on. Like I just said, your number five, Tony, was Aaron Judge. Correct. My number five was CM Punk. Uh, So we're going to go on now to to pick, yeah, pick, to number four. Uh, for me, I have Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. You know, despite all of his off-field issues, off the field in quotes, uh, he was extremely talented, one of the best mid-card guys I remember ever seeing. Uh, he brought a certain uh, cocky attitude uh, that that you can really only describe as like a swagger uh, that really... Helped him propel through the mid-card, never quite reaching the top card. But I think he was perfect at what he did, uh, and that was elevating the upper talent. Um, I Not only would I not mind seeing him come back to WWE, I hope he does. Yeah, I, I like your selection again. I, I, I would much more, I'd be more inclined, because I don't watch a lot of the WWE currently. It, it very seldom. I do catch certain pay-per-view events and, and make sure I know what happened in these events. But I feel like we're missing we're missing something from that Attitude Era that really drove me to it. And I want the charismatic people who are going to make it more of the entertainment, more of the 
the back and forth and who are going to hype it up more. So I'm with you. Yeah, it's he's definitely, um, I wouldn't say one of my favorite wrestlers, but for the position that he was in, like I said, the mid-card, intercontinental, United States title type guys, he was definitely one of the better ones in my opinion. And, and like I said, he was he was just cocky. He was arrogant. Uh, he had decent music, so that always, which, which sounds funny to say, but like a lot of times wrestlers are made or broken by their entrance. Well, yeah, I mean, glass breaking, you never not think of Stone Cold. I mean, the, entr- the music does actually have a defining role in who you are oh. in, in this entertainment. Kurt Angle's music? Oh, man, when you heard that patriotic music come mm-hmm. through? You knew who it was. Oh, man, you knew that. Stuff was about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, The Rock. I mean, that's classic. Or, um, it's time to play the game. Yeah, that was a good one. Anything yep. by Motorhead. <laughs> you knew it was about to get real. Yep, The Big Show had a good one for his oh. entrance, too. Yeah. Yep, Kane's um, creepy uh, slow chemical by uh, Finger Eleven. Yeah, and then, yep. well, I mean, you... You never not. I mean, any wrestling fan knows the Undertaker when he comes. The the, the, the dun- ring of the bell. You knew yeah. who it was. So yeah, so it, it that can that can make your entire career. Oh yeah, or it can destroy your entire career. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so MVP was my number four. My number four is someone we've mentioned on this show before. It's Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue. I feel like that man is. He, he has to be in the NFL, or not in the. He is in the NFL. He has to be in WWE, even if even if he's just makes an appearance in like a pay per view. I feel like there's some way he's got to be there at some point. He's too perfect for it. His final move could be a stomp, the curb field, stomp. Well, I call it the field stomp. <laughs> that's where he did it, so that's where he's doing it now. Yeah. So I mean, it would he? Come on, he'd be he'd be a perfect villain. He's already a character when you get a mic in front of him. Yeah, and. I, I, I don't know because I don't think uh, – I feel like he'd be too dangerous to put in the ring because um, he's not polished. He's very rough. So all these moves I, – I think I think what's – might uh, be difficult. I, could, I mean, I could see that. Maybe he's not built for that. I mean, maybe with some training he'd be able to do it because we've seen big guys – Pull this off before, but yeah, I mean, I I know what you I know what you're saying. I I could totally see him though, de- definitely making a guest appearance at something. We've already seen Gronk do it. Oh yeah, oh athletes all the time. Shaq has done it. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather's done it. Mike Tyson's done it. Our sitting president's done it. Yeah, we'll get to him in a little bit, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So so uh, he is definitely someone that if he were able to polish off those rough edges would be a great fit for WWE in terms of attitude, willingness to break the rules. Yeah, um, I think he'd play a good villain. Do you think he'd be fined more in NFL or WWE? Well, <laughs> the du- NFL, he's not done getting fined in that. <laughs> there's no way. WWE. I'm, I'm almost willing to bet in Vegas there's a good line on whether or not he gets fined this year. I, I, whatever that bet is, I will take it. Yeah, right. I will take that 100%. So, so my number four, <laughs> I, I, I just can't believe you have Aaron Judd and Ndamukong Sue. Oh, it gets better. My number four was MVP. Your number four was Ndamukong Sue. So now let's move on to number three. My number three 
is someone who left WWE and has become a huge star in another promotion. Uh, if you've never seen Lucha Underground, it's kind of fun. It's like a TV show. They do it in seasons and episodes. Okay. Not, not like, uh, you know, there's no season for WWE. Right. It's just always running. Lucha Underground is different. They do it like it's a TV show. There are stories that actually make sense. It's not like... And it runs for a season, basically. Right, right. Okay, all right. I see what you're saying. So, um, the guy that I picked for number three, uh, he's mostly known in WWE as a tag team guy. Uh, First with Joey Mercury, and then eventually with The Miz. Um, He, like I said, not not as well known as being a singles competitor, uh, but he did get to showcase his talent uh, in Lucha Underground. He goes by Johnny Mundo. Um, his, he go, his name is John Morrison. Uh, he was in great shape, very athletic, crazy ability. And he had one of my favorite feuds of all time when he was in ECW with CM Punk. Oh man, them feuding over the ECW title. Classic. If you've never seen any of those, uh, any of those matches, look them up. You, if you're a wrestling fan, you won't be disappointed. I feel like I, I have seen him. I, I haven't seen anything on ECW in a long time, so I, I would have I'd have to go back and do it. But I did watch ECW for it, a while. It wasn't the real ECW. It was when WWE bought the e, uh, bought okay, ECW, right. and they, they brought it back. Yeah, but still, it, it was just such good. They had a great core of smaller guys who were realistically good enough to be main-level talent. You had Morrison, you had CM Punk, who's not that big, uh, Elijah Burke, mm-hmm. uh, he was a junior, I believe he was a junior Golden Gloves, uh, he was great, Marcus Corvon, so there were a lot of great wrestlers in uh, the ECW brand, only CM Punk is, uh, uh, from the, the list, uh, he's the only one that's still there, um, I mean obviously they had other people, Kane, the big show, they're all part of ECW, but by the time they got there, it was pretty much a joke. Um, so, if John Morrison ever wants to come back to WWE, I would welcome welcome him with open arms. I could see, I could see the pick affiliation. I get that. I mean, I, I haven't. That's that's the thing. That's why my list is all people that's outside. I don't know. I don't know the underlyings of the people that should be in the WWE. I think the WWE needs to do something to really get back that excitement that was there in its earlier years. Because there are times where it, it gets in a groove and it just works. Maybe some. Maybe some of these people that oh, have these personalities could do it. People that they've got now, though. Are just incredible. When's the last time you like actually watched WWE? Uh, I don't know. I've watched the last last thing I watched in entirety. I want to say it was like a WrestleMania, the okay. last one I think. So there are some younger stars uh, on Raw. They used to be called the Shield. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, yeah, I, I, I know some of them. Like I got Dean Ambrose. I've got Seth Rollins. I've got Roman uh, Reigns. Roman Reigns. Like I, yeah. I, I have a. Basic idea, the Watt family, like, or Wyatt family. Yeah. What is it called? Yeah, and then there on on, um, on SmackDown, there is um, uh, a couple of guys, um, now I'm blanking on there. Oh, Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. who, used, yeah, to go by, who used to go by Kevin Steen and other promotions. Uh, you got Sami Zayn, who uh, was 
he or he is just crazy athletic for being such a small guy. Um, so they brought back the cruiserweight division uh, with such great athletes like uh, Ho Ho Loon uh, and uh, TJP. Who, that's what he's going by now. TJ Perkins is what he used to go by. Uh, so they're bringing the excitement back. Uh, Enzo Amore and well, Big good. Cass. That's good to hear that they're going back to where they were. I mean, you and I have had this discussion before. They need to bring back things like, I mean, bring us back to the hardcore championship. Like, come on. That Seriously. was entertainment at its finest. Why did that ever go? Seriously. And, like, my favorite thing when I was, like, nine, when I would play the wrestling video games, was the first blood match. Oh, yeah. Bring yeah. it back. Buried alive match? Come on. Casket match. Um, uh, what was the one Inferno match where they set the ring yeah. on fire? Yeah, yeah, do this. <laughs> More of this. I don't care if it's a liability. Pay the insurance. Put it all on pay per view. Seriously. Like, oh. and like, even the Extreme Rules matches they do now are garbage. Like, you literally, like a year and a half ago, had Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar in a uh, hardcore match. And he had a barbed wire bat, he had a chainsaw, he had all sorts of, you know... Other, other weaponry. Yeah. And what does he choose? He hits him with a chair. Oh, good. Predictable. That yeah. He can't even use the ring bell to the head or Seriously. anything like that. And then he gets chokeslammed, or not, yeah, chokeslammed. He gets F5'd on the chairs, and then Brock Lesnar wins. Uh, you got a baseball bat with barbed wire around it. Use it. I want to get back to Mick Foley going through a cage into tax. Yeah, he almost died, though. <laughs> but did he? But no. did he? I guess okay. not. I'll write that. I, I guess he didn't die. I'll but write he, that. he came pretty close to dying. Well, in all fairness, he was he was very dedicated to his art. He, he, he took that seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was willing to put his life literally on the line a couple of times yeah some of the things he pulled off the, the thumbtacks um oh man the kendo sticks mm-hmm. bring back the kendo sticks bring back steve blackman yeah right <laughs> uh, anyways that's quite a quite a tangent who do you have for your number uh number three my number three is actually still going to come from the same sport he's already done it and it's going to be rod Gronkowski. he's too much of a party boy. Like, his personality, I feel, would fit very well in the WWE if given the opportunity. He would have been a better Adam Rose. Yeah, I guess that would be a safe. Have him come out with the party bus and all that? Yeah, like, he he just seems... Like, he seems like somebody that would be the lovable idiot, but he's a, he's a monster. But then what happens when he turns heel? Uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> it's 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 supposed to be planned that way. That's how things happen in this business. That's how things happen in this business. Yeah. So my my number three, sorry, my, my number three was John Morrison. Your number three is Rob Gronkowski. Heck yeah. So now we're getting to number two. I chose someone who's not technically a wrestler at number two. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was the reason that the greatest era in WWE ever happened. Of course, we're talking about the Attitude Era. Uh, He was the creative mastermind uh, that took the paycheck of Ted Turner and turned it into WCW, the the biggest rival WWE has ever seen. And doing that, he really pushed the envelope. That's where, if you're looking at the best part of WWE, 
they stole from WCW. Getting rid of names for, you know, wrestlers like the gobbledygooker and letting them use their real names. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, or, or at least realistic names. Right. Like, we all know Hulk Hogan's name isn't Hulk Hogan. Right, but it, it gave it gave more of a personal feel to it. But letting, um, letting uh, Diesel use his name Kevin Nash and Razor Ramon using Scott Hall really, you know, set the world, the wrestling world, on fire, and allowed WCW to compete because you were seeing real people who it felt like really hated each other. Yeah, well, it also it also was appealing to the wrestlers themselves. They could make a name for themselves. It wouldn't be known as their stage name. They'd be known as their regular name if you saw them out somewhere. Yeah. So they were. It was not only helping WCW, but it was helping the the athlete themselves make their own brand. Yeah, of course, and and this only led the WWE to follow suit. Yeah, follow suit. Uh, I mean, they completely ripped off the NWO and created DX. Did you oh yeah, DX? yeah, that's yeah that that was abundantly clear. But DX was better than the NWO. More, a lot more fun, especially when you added the New Age Outlaws into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely added a new dynamic. But a lot of what WCW did, I mean, the WWE should be grateful for at this point. WCW is the reason WWE is great. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it gave them the true competitor. And that's why a lot of people are, you know, disheartened, disenfranchised by WWE. They don't have a real competitor. And that might be part of the problem. Ring of Honor isn't a, a viable threat. Yeah, you get, you know, great wrestlers coming through Ring of Honor. But they don't have the money. They don't have the production to to do all of that. TNA is the closest, but, like... They just keep making bad business decisions. There's just there's not a full on competitor. There's no one that's pushing WWE to need to be greater. They seem like they are experimenting with different things here and there. Maybe it'll all click, but uh, competition, not having competition, can make someone grow complacent. I think Lucha Underground will eventually be seen as a, a viable threat to WWE but not the same way that WCW was. Probably not, but I mean, uh, if, it, it, if, it, if it invites change for the better, I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I, I'd like to see Eric Bischoff do, not as a wrestler, not as a, a general manager. That's played out. I want to see him come back and be like a Paul Heyman-esque kind of guy mm. and quote-unquote advocate or a, a manager, whatever the term you want to use is. I want to see him either with... Uh, a bad guy, a heel, of course. Uh, either new, a uh, younger up and comer like Baron Corbin, or give him an older, more established veteran who needs a makeover like Titus O'Neil, mm-hmm. and let them rock together like that. I think him and Baron Corbin. If Baron Corbin shies away from the idea of the lone wolf, I think him and Eric Bischoff could do great things together. It's possible. I mean, it certainly would. It, it couldn't. It can't hurt it, given you know the contribution he's already made to the entertainment of this industry itself so i mean i i to be all for it he certainly he can only help you absolutely in this situation and the, the wwe right now should be looking for more help to try and bring it back to where it was in the mirrors we were talking about yeah i i completely agree i think 
WWE has fallen fallen off uh, in popularity because they don't have to worry about competing, so they can put out whatever you know whatever programming they want because well what are you going to do not watch you're not going to watch wrestling true i mean it's it's not going anywhere the the, the fandom has already proven itself so yeah i mean that's i don't see it ever changing so what have you got for number 2 okay so i'm going to butcher this dude's name okay butcher it. <laughs> but his name is because again there's there's letters in here that don't exist in the english language Harboff Julius Bronson, he, if you don't know who he is, you probably would know him from a TV show. He's on Game of Thrones. The he Mountain. goes by the name The Mountain. This man is a strongman competition winner. I see, would see him more as being that big dominant enforcer like The Big Show was because of the fact that, I mean, the dude is just a massive human being. He's won multiple strongman competitions. He's from Iceland, I mean, he got, his nickname's Thor, so, I mean, he's he's just absolutely a beast, and I think he would be, maybe if one of those, you know, quieter guys, because he's also standing at 6'10", 240, um, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that you d- wouldn't necessarily need him to be so much of a, uh, of a character as he is just physically intimidating. Well, I think they already ripped him off in WWE. Uh, they have a guy named Braun Strowman. Who, oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. His name is Braun Strowman. So, like, yeah, I mean, the it's name pretty is, close. Yeah, yeah, it's not far off. He uh, he was part of the Wyatt family for a while. Um, he, of course, didn't speak just like... Oh, the big guy. Yeah, I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now and, I know who you're And he about. wore those ugly corduroy pants with the the black leather and the, the, the nether region. Um, <laughs> nice yeah. way of putting it. So, so I'm pretty sure they're content without having him. Uh, but who knows? Now that Braun Strowman is injured, that's someone I could have thought of earlier. Braun Strowman, he's injured. Yeah. He's out for six months. Uh, actually, there's a really disgusting photo, um, like it, completely not safe for work, of a shattered elbow, which is what he's got. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty messed up. Yeah, I wouldn't want to experience that. Yeah, no. So uh, not a bad pick. Problem is, they've already got. They've already got their mouth. True. I, I just could I could see him totally doing it. I mean, he's just, you, you ever see, I, I can only imagine what it's like to be near him in real life. And not to mention, you know, he's already physically gifted enough to be able to do what would be required. Plus, he's already acting, so it's not like it's... Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too far of a stretch for him. All right, so my number two was Eric Bischoff. Your number two is The Mountain from Game of Thrones. Uh, so this is the point where we're going to throw in our... Our honorable mentions. I've got like five. Do you have any? I have one group just because I would really like to see it, hmm. but they're massive members. I would, you know, who I want to see in the WWE back when they were younger because they clearly can't do this now. They're not all, they're way too old to be doing this now. But Wu Tang should have been involved. Oh, see, if I remember correctly. They tried to get Wu-Tang, and they didn't want to do it, so they had to go with ICP. Okay. Insane Clown Posse. That's fine, but you yeah. got to tell me, the Wu-Tang Clan, you never know who you were going to get. get. No, you could have had one guy, you could have had, like, nine. I think ODB and Method Man would have been great. Oh, absolutely. In WWE. They're my honorable mention. Back when, like, because I feel like they would have fit right in the Attitude Era. Uh, so perfectly. Especially, um... 
especially in the Attitude Era, because you had uh, The Godfather mm-hmm. with his, uh, oh, God, with his quote-unquote hoe train <laughs> yeah. shouting, pimping ain't easy, coming yeah. out to, uh, during WrestleMania, coming out to Ice-T just going, pimping ain't, pimping ain't easy, man. Yeah. So. I mean, they would they would have fit they would have fit in. So I have their multiples, but they're they're one. That's my honorable mention. Yeah, so that's that's completely fine. You know, taking them as a group, uh, that's completely fine. My honorable mentions before we get to our number ones, uh, Damian Sandow. Uh, he unfor- he played this pompous, arrogant jerk so well. People hated him. But loved seeing him wrestle. Yeah. I mean, even his even his moves had like like fanciest fancy names, and he came out in like a Hugh Hefner type robe. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, his elbow of disdain was the Copito de Aquiet or something like that, <laughs> which is a ridiculous name. But he was good. Uh, and then they just shuffled him around, gave him all these horrible, horrible, horrible gimmicks, like uh, one where he was mimicking people. Uh, he was Damian Mizdow for a while. Uh, then he was Macho Mizdow. It was just the most yeah, ridiculous. That's a shame. Yeah. I, sometimes the WWE has a problem of shooting their, shooting their talent in the foot. Yeah, that brings us to the second person I have as an honorable mention, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Brother of Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last six months or more of his WWE stint, uh, he was going by Stardust, which was a terrible, terrible gimmick. Nobody liked it. And at every event that he was at, they would chant, we want Cody. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, and, and that's and another shameful WWE thinking that they... I, I don't know. They have to be out thinking themselves at certain times. Like, I feel like I either want Vince Russo to come back to writing, or I want to do it. Well, I mean, they've got to. Do, I mean, I think they have to do something. When you hear fans react like that, you got to at, at some point realize that you're effing up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next guy I have is Wade Barrett, who has recently departed WWE. I don't want him to come back as League of Nations Wade Barrett or as Bad News Barrett, which were some of the dumbest things I remember. Mm-hmm. I want him to come back as the leader of Nexus. Back when Nexus was just. This insanely good group that, you know, Wade Barrett at the time of Nexus was seen as a legitimate threat to John Cena. He was John Cena's equal, and they had some great matches. But, you know, you again, with the stupid gimmicks, you got him coming out, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Like, that was stupid. Mm. That was just dumb. And then League of Nations was a poorly thought out, like, oh, let's throw an Irishman, a Brit, a Mexican, and a, a, a Bulgarian together, call them League of Nations, and then let them get their ass kicked every, you know, night. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> again, out, it's got to be outthinking themselves, just not trying too hard in certain aspects and not going with what's proven to be good. I think that was an issue of them trying to dip into the well that they shouldn't have. Because I think League of Nations was supposed to be a play on the Nation of Domination. Mm-hmm. Well, like, probably. Yeah, which, you know, all sorts of race issues we're not going to get into. But had, you know, some of the best stars. The Rock, Farouk, Mark Henry. Um, 
I'm not going to say this guy was a star, but he was entertaining D'Lo Brown. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a it was a half-assed attempt. At yeah, it, it was terrible. Uh, so bring back Nexus Wade Barrett. You can mm-hmm. even give him NXT guys to be Nexus. I don't care if you rip that off completely and try it again, but bring him back with relevancy. You know, they let him win King of the Ring and then screwed it all up. Well, it, it seems to be a running trend right now. One step forward, two steps back. Another example of them trying to uh, do too much. Uh, the next guy I have is an honorable mention, Kevin Thorne. They brought him in to play this creepy guy named Mordecai. who was a uh, He wore a white jacket, had this crazy scepter, uh, dyed his hair and his eyebrows and beard blonde, and was supposed to feud with The Undertaker. He was supposed to be like um, the... What's the word I'm looking for? The... Antithesis? Probably not. Sounds good. Probably not the right word. But he was supposed to be like the anti-Undertaker. Okay, so the opposite is is his nemesis in that scenario. But equally creepy, mysterious. Um, Are you a Mortal Kombat fan? Yeah. You remember Raiden? Okay, so that's what they were going for. He kind of reminded me of Raiden. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just without the the darkened face and the the hat. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, But that never came to fruition. Uh, and they scrapped that way too early. And I think that was good because Mordecai was a joke. Uh, I He then went on to be Kevin Thorne in TNA. And he just dominated. A big guy, very physical, very strong. And I really wish they didn't mess him up in WWE um, because he could have been really good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's all scripted. So it's not like he really needed to be... A great fighter. He right, just right, needed right. to have the right, you know, you know. We talk about Christian Hackenberg and how changing things around too much messed him up potentially. It's mm-hmm. exactly what they did with Kevin Thorne. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's that's not that's not an original story for the WWE. Uh, I've only got two more. One I'm going to say real quick. It's a tag team, Deuce and Domino. They were really cool. They came in with a, a sweet car from the '50s all the time. They had uh, an attractive lady named uh, Cherry that they brought with them. Uh, they, when they uh, said where they were from, they're from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know that that's that's a good ploy. So they weren't right. very good at wrestling, though. Oh uh, well, that's a shame because that was actually written up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the Boogeyman. I loved the Boogeyman. Okay. The clock, the worms, all of it. Mm-hmm. Eating the worms, spitting on people's faces. They, they need to come back just for the entertainment value. Um, and that's what this is. I mean, this is an entertainment... This is an entertainment avenue. That's, like, that's what they need to be doing. I think they need to listen more just to the reaction of the fans, quite frankly, and then not abandon things. I feel like they change gears so often and so fast that some of the stuff that could work, they, don't, they never really give it a fair shake. And then some stuff that's not working, they just are insistent upon continuing to do. Right, like the League of Nations. Right, yeah, it's confusing. I just don't understand the creative model behind this driving force and what they're thinking at times. I don't understand either. But, alas, we're not the ones writing. No, we're not. So it's not my fault and I can't be blamed for it. Right, yeah. (laughs) We could. We could. Yeah, at some point, 
Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You want to pay me to do it. Like, yeah, if you want to pay me to be as bad as they are, I'll do it. I can quit. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so now let's get to our number ones. Uh, my number one, uh, let me let me set the scene here. Uh, it's not a very easy answer. Uh, so the shield will have to reunite okay. for this scenario to work out. So the shield reunites. They're the face group. You know, they're all happy-go-lucky, fun, playing tricks on people, and uh, just, you know, having a good time, and the fans are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then... They pick on the wrong guy. They poke fun at heel GM Kurt Angle, who is currently the general manager of Raw. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps getting fed up with it uh, and, uh, you know, cause him just too much grief. Eventually, he gets pushed to a, a breaking point and he challenges the three members of the Shield to a fight, which they accept. All right, so it comes time for the match, and before the bell rings, he takes the mic and says something along the lines of, did you three think it was going to be you three versus me? Oh, no, 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 that's not how it works. I've got a team. It's true. It's true. And so uh, after he says that, blaring through the loudspeakers all throughout the arena is, ain't no stopping me now! And out come Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Okay. Long story short, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas are my number one. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, can be played well. I, I could. I could see it happening. <laughs> that would be the perfect way to bring them back in. It, it would. It would make for entertaining television. <laughs> I can tell you that right there. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I think people would expect it, but you could keep it a secret. That's the other thing. Like, I think people would be like, "There's no way that Kurt Angle is going." Going up three against one, and then it would it, see. Now that's good writing because that allows for the idea that now it's conversation between people. You think he's going to bring somebody? Who's he going to bring? And then you can spring a surprise like that. Yeah, there are so many things that aren't written very well. That like, if I were if I were on the writing staff, I would think like this is a no brainer. Zack Ryder, one of our most popular wrestlers, is currently in a team with Mojo Rawley. How do we how do we make Zack Ryder more of a feature without actually giving him more wrestling time so that fans would be happy that they get to see more of him? Oh, I know. We brought back his old partner, Kurt Hawkins. Boom, right there. Who's his alliance with? Is it with his old partner, Kurt? Right. Or is it with his yeah. current partner, Mojo? And Who does he pick as his teammate? And, and you can spread that, that you can spread that out over over a month. And then when they finally Kurt Hawkins and Mojo Raleigh have their match. You know, just do something like he decides he wants to be with neither of them. Yeah. And goes yeah. off as a singles competitor. Yeah, it's not, it's not. You don't have to let him wrestle for the fans to get enough of him. Right, yeah. Well, no, I mean, they they perfected that at, with back with the backstage interviews and, and just all the stuff that was happening outside of the actual wrestling. They've done this before. It's just yeah. the fact that you need to get back to what works and stop trying to think outside of the box because you're you're out thinking yourself it, it is they're they're just absolutely out thinking themselves like you said and vince mcmahon from what i understand is a very compassionate guy but he's also very much like jerry jones oh yeah he's, he's, he's got his hands for, way too much yeah he's a business first guy and he feels that you know it, 
he's the one that has to be controlling everything. I mean, you saw it if you saw that 30 for 30 about the XFL. Oh, that was I mean, great. It was a great thing, but you, you, you start to see into Vince McMahon's world about how business, he thinks business should be run. And business should be run with everything goes through him. Right, right. So that being said, who's your number one? My number one, and again, this has to be a little bit earlier, but I would have liked to see it, is actually Ray Rice. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I misspoke. I'm thinking different Ravens. Um, give me a second. Not Ray Rice. Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis, thank yes. you. Yes. Ray yes. Lewis. Because he was, first of all, he's terrifying. Um, he He's big. Well, yeah, he's he definitely athlete enough to be able to pull it off. He he he's got the build for a WWE star. He was a character in his own right. Plus, he's a murderer. Well, and he's an alleged murderer. I mean, he was accused <laughs> of such a thing. He was not convicted. Neither was OJ. Okay, so OJ's not a murderer. Neither technically, was, neither was uh, Casey Anthony. Well, neither was neither was Aaron Hernandez. Now, <laughs> so you know. We're just guess, making this up as we go. I guess it is what it is. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch hit a lady with his car. Nobody talks about that anymore. I mean, he probably paid her off the Skittles. I don't think she walked away from it. Oh. I think he, like, it was a snowstorm. He was drunk. He got, like, community service. This was Buffalo, man. Nobody cared. They are like, eh. Having to stay in Buffalo is punishment enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Randy Moss hit somebody with a car, did he not? No. Uh, not Randy Moss. Dante Stallworth. I don't know about Randy Moss. I think Randy Moss hit somebody with his truck. doesn't matter. But, yeah, I think Ray Lewis would have been a perfect fit into Attitude Era-esque WWE. Absolutely. He, he, was, he was so much fun to watch in football, though. I don't know if I'd want to take him out of that. No, that's, I mean, that's true. I'm just saying, if there was another avenue that he had to go, like, if he, something had happened to him, like Dwayne uh, Johnson... I could have totally seen him being right in that line of work. Right. Speaking of Dwayne Johnson, I think Dan, before he got kidnapped, which we've really got to go find him. Yeah, we should probably do something about that. Yeah. Uh, He gave us some of his top five. uh, Something about The Rock being in there, uh, Crime Time being in there. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. uh, His number one was... uh, What is current Uh, Current uh, sitting... He uh, does something right now. Current... um, Clown, oh, I believe. Donald Trump. Oh, that's right. That's president, right. not clown. President, correct. Yes. So his number one would have been Donald J. Trump. And now I'm on an NSA list. Yep. <laughs> He's the uh, the only president to ever be a WWE Hall of Famer. So, yeah, that's true. That is so, true. I mean, he's, he's quite a lot of firsts for things. That's, that's quite the accomplishment. All right. Uh can you think of any others? Oh, I, I do have one more. Bobby Lashley. Okay. I think Bobby Lashley coming back probably would be uh, pretty cool. Uh, he was a big guy, strong, uh, former military. He uh, is currently the champ in TNA. Uh, so I, I don't know how much that means these days when all of TNA's quote-unquote superstars are now in WWE. Uh, Bobby Roode. Um, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one more that I'm that Austin Aries. Uh, so like everyone that they've ever had 
that really meant something, Christian uh, has been in WWE after TNA. Except for Jeff Jarrett. Right. He, uh, he created TNA, and now he's created some other wrestling company after they kicked him out of TNA, which is a company he started. Well, he got Steve Jobs. This is a funny business in, in, the, in that regard, that's for sure. There was also a guy in TNA that, for entertainment value, I would definitely want to have in WWE. His name was Shark Boy. He dressed like a shark, okay. but he would come out to Stone Cold's music, and like he would take like grape juice or something, smash them together and chug them. Like Stone Cold did with beers, so like he totally ripped off Stone Cold, gonna, and I, he walked with attitude. I'm gonna it, have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look this up because this is too funny to believe. It was great, and then there was a wrestler named Petey Williams in TNA who has the greatest finisher of all time called the Canadian Destroyer. It is incredible. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Look it up. I still don't know how it works, and I've watched that video like twelve million times. <laughs> The Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll show you. Don't All worry. Right. It All is right. it is crazy. But uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting list. I, I definitely wish I knew a little bit more about these other guys that were in the business. But I, I had fun thinking about it. It's a, it's a strange question to be asked. Yeah, I mean, I, I foresee more WWE things coming. Not not a whole lot. No, I mean, it's still, it's still, I mean, it's on ESPN, so it's sports. So we're yeah. talking about it. Notice how none of us said Jonathan Coachman. Yeah, no. no, he did, I don't, no I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right, so we're almost done. But like always, we have our This Week in Sports History. I think this one's a good one. On May 25th, 1951, Willie Mays played in his first Major League Baseball game. He went 0 for 5 in an 8 to 5 victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. Hmm. Of course, Willie Mays at the time was playing with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Fun. I'm going to add one to that. To this day, I believe it was. It this day is the anniversary of Mike Piazza's first game as well today, huh. the 23rd of May. Now Hall of Famer went in last year. Interesting. He used to play for Oakland. He used to be in Oakland A. Mm, yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, for I, I'll always remember it. his defining moment to me will always be the moment when Clemens threw the broken bat at him. And he oh, looked yeah. like he was going to kill Clemens for a second. Oh, yeah. He was like, did you really do that? Like, you might be big, but I'm big too, so we can do this if you want. He's supposedly like the greatest hitting catcher yeah, of all he, time or yeah, something? Yeah, he, I think he is the greatest hitting catcher of all time as far as statistics-wise. I mean, home runs and everything. He, was, he, he really took being a, an offensive catcher to another level. And apparently, even though we're in 2017... People are still questioning his sexuality. Yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> like, it uh, matters. Yeah, no, like, yeah. You're, you're curious about it now. You don't even know what gender he prefers. Yeah. Anyways, that's a, that's a discussion for a whole nother podcast. Not yeah, ours. not ours. Yeah. No, we're not getting Someone else's. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, a couple things I do just want to remind you. Check us out on Facebook, Dan Dan Tony Sports. Check us out on Twitter at DanDanTony. We can be heard now on iTunes, uh, DanDanTony Sports, two words. Uh, Just click subscribe. You'll get all of our latest episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Uh, Check out our uh, our blog at DanDanTonySports.blogspot.com. Doing this new thing every Friday called uh, Football Friday starting this Friday. So by the time you hear this, it'll be yesterday. Uh, (laughs) 
You can read my thoughts about football uh, every Friday on the blog for Dan Dan Tony Sports. Have a good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.